Bonjour folks, welcome to episode 137 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stace, and joining me in the virtual parlour of awesomeness this month is Geeky Brummie, excellent friend and uh, fellow podcasty nerd, it's Ryan Parrish, hello. Hello, it's been a while, how you been? Welcome back, welcome back. How have I been? Don't ask how I've been, I've been bad, I've been really bad. I've had small meltdowns at work on my boss and basically told her I wish I didn't have to do a job. Um. I think everybody's at that stage now. I think Mm. it was was talked about this at work myself, but it's like with the pandemic happening for like two years, it feels like everybody tried to squeeze three years worth of stuff into a year last year and it was like, it ain't going to work. Oh, the burnout is real. The burnout is real. (laughs) The the biggest problem that we had is that because I work in a healthcare charity, that first year of um, lockdown, our charity went from being one that earned about 100k a year to being one that suddenly had 500k and like thousands more things happening, but the same three staff. (laughs) (laughs) So like that year and the year following uh, was just actual chaos. And then, of course, just throw into that rich, tr- almost doing a dead momentarily for a laugh. Mm. Um, yeah. That wasn't helpful, I've got to admit. But, no. uh, you know, so here I am now at the point where my boss is like, how are you doing today, Stace? Let's have you one to one. And I just immediately start crying and go in. Oh, I wish I didn't have to be here. I just want to go back to my weighted blanket and live in there with some chocolate biscuits and a tea. Mm. <laughs> But, um, you know, other, other than that, I'm pretty good. Thanks. Oh, How are you? Yeah. <laughs> good, good Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I loved Christmas. I actually managed to get like a full week off work. And I spent most of it, me and Richard, been binge watching Taskmaster. Because oh, for reasons right. I can't fathom, we've never watched it before, even though we all we both love Greg Davies and stupid things. And like, that's all the show is. Uh, we've already watched, I think, 11 seasons. It's one of Britain's greatest exports. Apparently, it's like in 20 different countries now. I imagine the US version is probably the shittiest out of ones because it always is. But there's things like Taskmaster New Zealand, Sweden, Norway, Norway, I think. I kind of want to see those. I feel like an American one would be good based on who the Taskmaster was because I think Greg Davies and little Alex Horn together are wonderful. (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Uh, And I think if you don't get that level of nonsensory, is that a word? Yeah. It is now. If you don't get that right, I think it's just going to be insufferably shit. As you've, as you've chained 11 seasons, yeah. who's your favourite contestant so far? Oh, it's been really difficult. I really like Joe Lysett a lot, just he's very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Whittacombe being almost always confused is also very funny. But to be honest, there's like a, there's so many of them. I think Alan Davies is great, even though he's very laid back about actually doing. I like it when people get cross at doing the tasks because you're like, yeah. are you on Taskmaster? <laughs> like, why? like that'd be me going on there, and then they're like, oh, you've got to ride a bike, and I'd be like, I can't fucking ride a bike, and then having a meltdown. <laughs> but there's so many of the tasks I couldn't do. Yeah. There was one that I, I can't remember which season it was from now or who was on it. But there was one where they had to get three out of a group of dogs to like sit on a spot and uh, and I was like if that was me I would have just shit myself and died because I am so scared of dogs like I'm so frightened that you put me in a room with one dog and I'm like oh god and just sweating so it's like yeah that would have been the task for me would it um I'd be like could you replace them with plush dogs and then make this task real easy <laughs> yeah I think Bob Mortimer is still like my all-time favorite because he's just oh. insane that man yeah. just insane. Yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> Probably Al Murray was second, mainly because he just bribed everybody. <laughs> <and> just flashed <laughs> out. 
<laughs> yeah, that is a sneaky way of doing things. I, just, I, I love it when people think like really way outside of the box as well, because <laughs> I just think like, how did you, why was that the thing that crossed your yeah. mind? Do this, this makes no sense to anybody who's never seen Taskmaster or doesn't know what it is. But essentially, it's just a show where a bunch of comedians have to do really fucking silly tasks, yeah. either as fast as possible or better than other people, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't, part of me, I would really love to be famous enough to go on Taskmaster, but another part of me is like you would make such a fool of yourself, mm. like such a huge fool of yourself. <laughs> I'd be, be exactly really the same. You'd, you'd be there, stood there, and I'd be like the one being filmed for 20 minutes as I like, try and work out what the hell the task <laughs> needs. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> refusing to read out the line that says your time starts now because I'm still like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Help but, me. Yeah. The last season's been really good. Being back on form a little bit more. I don't think I'm like I don't think it'll be long before we've caught up. To be honest. No, it's quite short. Yeah. Which is good for a British TV series. Get through uh, quite fast. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we hanged loads of them during Christmas. So um, that was pretty much all we did all Christmas was like eat food and watch Taskmaster. Sounds so, ideal. That does. I mean, yeah. Except for when we watched Tar, which is a movie <laughs> that I absolutely cannot recommend. Is this uh, the one with Kate Blanchett? Is it Kate Blanchett? Yes, where she's like a composer. And I thought, yeah. I'm just going to be right in my wheelhouse because I love, you know, classical music and like movie scores and soundtracks and things. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like an interesting thing about that. It's not. It's weird, but it's not weird in an interesting way, or at least not to me. I just thought it was long. <laughs> it's not weird like barbarian weird or... no. Like, there's some sort of, like, eerie stuff that happens in it, but it's it's not – it doesn't really do anything or go anywhere, and it's very long. So. <laughs> it's one of those you sat there going to your watch and it's like you're oh, yeah. into it by an hour, so it's like you've got to finish well, it. Now. Yeah, we'd been watching it for, I think, about an hour and 20 minutes, and I was like, mm, I need to go to the toilet, which was like, there's a good hour of this left. And I was like, I'm sorry, I bet what? <laughs> what because i was thinking i'll just hold on there's probably only about 20 minutes he was like no there's like an hour and 15 i'm like oh fuck off (laughs) i got like i feel like i must really come across as somebody who doesn't enjoy like thinky like clever arty movies but it's not that it's just that i like my movies to be interesting and this was not to me no no and this is my issue with films recently is most of them have had the marble effect Mm. films 10 15 years ago 90 minutes 90 minutes Good way yeah. to get the story in. Done. You're happy. You're out of the cinema. If it needs to be longer than 90 minutes, make a sequel. And now it's got to be three and a half hours because I have to wedge in at least three fight scenes per per hero. It's all in the contract. Oh, I need to be on, have so much of screen time. Got to have the giant CGI budget. That's why I refuse mm. to watch the Avatar because I don't want to watch Ferngully 3. Oh, do you know what? Like, so I think I had this conversation with Barry on a recent episode of Stace and Barry in that, like, I'm quite happy to watch a three-hour film if the film is worth three hours. Like, I watched RRR and almost lost my mind at how amazing it was because I was like, it was just constantly interesting. Story, story. Yeah, yeah, it's all story. None of it was really flab, and it was very visually exciting. So I was like, yes, yes. But, like, and and similarly, I'm quite happy to watch a movie that's, like, 80 minutes if the story is told in those 80 minutes. Like, fine, great. But, like, yeah, there's just so many movies now where it's just, like, you haven't really, yeah. You haven't really got the story for a three-hour film, but you've done it anyway. And I don't yeah, I quite mean, know why. <laughs> I've been having that issue with the Marvel films because I know you liked Doctor Strange. I loved it. I had issues with it 
mainly because Doctor Strange is is kind of the B-list character in his own film because it's it's a Scarlet Witch movie. It is, yeah. It yeah, is completely a Scarlet Witch movie, <laughs> and like Doctor Strange just pops up and goes, "Hello, I'm in the film," and then disappears for ten minutes again, and it's more more screen time for uh, the the best one of the Olsons to appear on screen. But um, yeah, I like Sam Raimi. It wasn't Sam Raimi enough, if yeah. that makes sense. If you're going to just get Sam Raimi, you make a Sam Raimi film. But I think there was too much Marvel-y meddling with it. See, I was on the other side of the coin for that in the sense that, like, I, I agree that it's not like a full-blown Sam Raimi movie. But to me, it was enough of a departure from normal Marvel stuff that I was like, ooh, this is refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, ooh, look, a zombie <laughs> for a laugh. Yeah. So, like, the Ant-Man trailer came out this week. And I'm really looking forward to Ant-Man because it looks interesting. They're doing something different with it. Yeah. Not feeling it, and I don't know. I don't know why, because Ant Man is one of my favourite Marvel movies, and like Ant Man and the Wasp was like fine. It was a bit too much like the same movie again, really. But but it was fine. But like I watched the trailer for this, and aside from absolutely laughing my bollocks off at Madoc, which I think is one of the best things slash worst things (laughs) I've ever seen on the screen ever. Fuck it, I fucking love it. Um, But possibly not for the reasons they would like me to love it. Like, aside from that, I was just like, yeah. But you've got Kang the Conqueror, and he's an absolute bastard. And he's he probably going to be in a lot more movies. He is. And I hope, and like, based on, like, him being in Loki, I am looking forward to seeing more of Jonathan Majors running around, because he's very good. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There's nothing about it, like, you know, kicked me in the crotch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, they, they always hold back a little bit with the Ant-Man trailer, so I'm hoping there's some interesting stuff popping up. I'm sure, like, I think I've said this loads of times about many Marvel movies where I'm like, mm, maybe I'm just bored of superhero movies, and then I'll see it and I'll be like, that was rad. <laughs> <laughs> more, more films, please, yeah, Marvel. Although, although, to be fair, I did, I watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, that one can do one. That that film can do one. Can that is Taika Waititi going, I was contractually obliged to make this, and that's that entire film. I feel like that film was made by somebody who's just heard of Guns N' Roses. Like, why? <laughs> well, I heard oh. there was like 40 minutes of like Gore the Butcher scenes taken out of it, which probably would have helped balance it out a bit because it's just the tone is all over the shop. It's all over the place. And I always struggled. I kept forgetting that Gore was even in it. Like, I kept thinking, like, who's the bad guy here except cancer? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> forgot he was there. And, uh, and to be fair, about two months afterwards, I completely forgot what his motivation was for being pissed off at Thor because I'd forgotten yeah. he was there again um, which is a shame because Christian Bale was great in a the weird way the goats were fun that's about that's well, about the entirety take it away from that film <laughs> <laughs> even that after a bit grated on me I was like yes I get it they're screaming goats I've seen the memes I know I've been on the internet <laughs> the only way I would have made it better was calling them Taylor Swift but <laughs> yeah oh god I love that video Anyway, right. This isn't anyway, sorry. Marvel. Um, hey, what do you, you're the guest? What do you want to talk about, Ryan? So I've been catching up on films recently. So I've been really busy at work, so I've not been able to get to the cinema quite a lot. So probably the last three weeks has been kind of film night with me and the missus a little bit. So yes. we've watched uh, Banshees and Minishery, which um, I know you spoke about on the last podcast, but it's it's now one of my all-time top ten. I love this film. So I loved In Bruges. Um, me that too. team, that team of Colin Farrell, Brenda Gleeson, and Martin. Is it Martin McDonough? I can never get his McDonough, name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
those three in, in Bruges just made that film and it's like that funny dark comedy greatness yeah. and then it's just it's basically like 20 years later we have got the cast back together again it's <laughs> like and it's it's a quite poignant movie it's a really dark movie it's a really funny mm. movie but it's very poignant and you can see like the allegory with like the irish civil war that's going on as like the backdrop to the set of it of these yeah. two friends who like used to love each other and now they're just turned into absolute hatred of each other by the end of the movie and yeah the bit when his donkey passes away oh my god oh my god so yeah we did talk about this at the uh in the, I think it was the last episode because it was one of Richie's, I think it was Richie's top movie of uh, 2022. We did not agree on our top movies of 2022, shockingly, because he's not a massive Turtles wanker, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I am. But like, oh, God, so what the thing about that film is, and it's the same with In Bruges, there are so many lines in it that are just absolutely perfect. Like yes. when, uh, when Rich and I got married, we didn't go for a honeymoon that year because I had to go to fucking jury service immediately after the wedding, pretty much. So the following year on our anniversary, we went to Belgium and we went to Bruges. And the number of times we'd just be in a place in Bruges and then just like do a quick, like, you, will you stop talking about my cunt fucking kids and stuff? And uh, people must have been like, oh, here we go, the In Bruges wankers are... <laughs> but um Banshees of Inishirin has so much of that sort of stuff as well. Like every every now and again me and Richard just shout at each other, Oh, you're all fucking boring. And uh <laughs> the, the one that got me, which I think was really funny, but also like really sad, is when there's a bit where Colin Farrell goes to Brendan Gleason's house to like have a go at him. Yeah. Brendan Gleason's dog comes up to him and starts like licking his hand and he's like, No, I didn't come here for licks, I came here for the opposite of licks. <laughs> That's that? so good. There's that. There's the line where like Brenda Gleese is trying to explain to Colin Farrell's character that he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore. And they're like sat in the pub drinking and it's like, you're dull, you're boring. Last week you talked about your donkey shit for two and a half hours. <laughs> but you liked me yesterday. <laughs> and then at the very end when they're on the beach and he goes, he's oh. like, you should have stayed in the house that they'd really been even. And like, as he just goes to walk off, he goes, thanks for looking after me, dog. Anytime. <laughs> oh, it's such a good film. It's one of those ones, though, that I find really hard to to like recommend. Because um, <laughs> I remember showing my mum in Bruges the once, and I did say to her beforehand, like, because she doesn't mind swearing, but she hates the word cunt. So I was like, yeah. right, this film, full of Fs couple of C's hope you don't mind and she was like oh, I'll watch it and the whole time I was like on the edge of my seat like is she gonna hate this because it's a weird fucking film and I feel like this is the same in that like oh, I don't God, know yeah. who I would recommend it to but I would recommend it because it's brilliant but like well, I would totally understand if somebody watched it and went the fuck was that <laughs> but the plot's like paper thin it's oh, it really is. paper thin <laughs> When I saw the trailer, I was like, how is this? That can't be all the film is. Like, how are they going to make a f- film out of, out of that? Yeah. <laughs> but they did. They did, though. And you, you've got the B-list story with the guy out of Eternals and... Oh, God. ...supposed to be the Joker, Barry Don't. Keoghan. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a very, like, dark and terrible storyline. And the bit with the sister as well. But it's kind of like, they're not really that big beats in the storyline. It's just no. very thin. No. But, yeah, it's... I absolutely do adore it, though. It's, it's one of those weird films that I think if you connect with it, you'll find other people who connect with it. It's going to be one of those weird cult films, like you'll have In Bruges and Banshees of Anisha in Double Bills, I think. Mm. It'll be one of those. It'll be on the electric in a couple of years' time. It's like, oh, you oh, go yeah. see In Bruges and then Banshees of Anisha in straight after. 
Oh, with a load of whiskies. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. <laughs> let's just do that. Let's just ask them to do it for us. They won't mind, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you can actually get away with that. Yeah. You can I'm actually rent out the electric, but I think it's pretty expensive. I remember looking into it one year thinking I would do it for my 30th birthday and then remembering I'm quite poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think like, you can rent out cinemas at SeaWorld for not too expensive. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. I bloody love the cinema, I do. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like other people. I only like the <laughs> cinema when I'm there with the people I care about. <laughs> it's just like, anyway, moving on to the next film. Yes. Uh, don't know if you've seen this talking about dark horror comedies uh-huh. the menu i have seen it i'm intrigued to hear what what you think of it uh ralph fines deserve an oscar ralph fines deserves an oscar in my opinion okay he's one of the finest act- modern actors and i don't think he gets enough love i've loved him when he was in grand budapest hotel he was just mm. one of those amazing actors in that and because i'm a bit of a foodie wanker as well so i used to do a food <laughs> blog i looked at nicholas holt's character and went fuck that's me <laughs> I hated that guy though, Ryan. I really hate him as well. I absolutely hate him. Yeah, he's an absolute villain. And it's like when the whole story comes out, how how are we doing spoilers on this? I mean, we're all oh yeah, spoil all the shit out of it. It's fine. I'll warn everyone. So when there's like the whole reveal of yeah, you know, he's a shitty food blogger and he knows the person he's going to come with is going to die, and it's poor little Anna Taylor Joy who's like rented for the evening. It's that kind of well, you are a massive shit, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this film, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff I've seen online has been very polar opposites, either like, this is the best film that's ever been made and all of the films should just quit, or it's yeah. the people going, this is trash, what's this for? <laughs> yeah. And I, very weirdly, I'm sort of sitting in the middle in the, I like the idea of it, I like the execution mm-hmm. of most of it, I like the style of it, yep. but I didn't care. Got to the end and I was like, eh. So, because <laughs> everyone in it's a cunt. Everyone in <laughs> yeah. it's a cunt, which and makes it really hard to care. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the whole benefit of it. It's poor Anna Taylor Joy surrounded by utter arseholes and she's trying to find a way out of it. But even then, she's not that nice of a person herself. No, no. I think it's um like I am somebody who, because I get that a lot of the sort of um, point of the film is like aren't rich people awful <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i'm like mm, i mean yeah yeah most of them quite quite a lot of them yeah but like it's i need to be able to grab onto someone to, to be able to be like invested in their survival or what happens to them and so when it's like a film and not a single person in it in fact, the, the longer that Nicholas Holt was there, the more I was like, I wish he would die because he's <laughs> fucking me off. Like, I just want it, just get out of my film. I don't yeah. want you here. <laughs> um, did, but did you not, like, take a bit of that Sheldon Froud in the way that he he passed away in the film? Yeah, I just wish it had come earlier. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> come a couple of courses earlier, definitely. Yeah. But um, So one of the things I know about it is they brought the cinematographer off of Chef's Table, which is like a Netflix series about food, and they won Emmys for like the cinematography style, so that's why it looks so polished and looks so real with the food. Or anything like that. Yeah. But at the same time, because I've been in that kind of high-end food situation a couple of times, and it is for the people that you absolutely hate, and most of the time the staff... <laughs> hate the people they're serving because they are absolute wankers who have 
no taste, no actual respect for the food or anything that they're actually eating. And that was like perfectly lampooned with that senator when he's like to senator. It's like, how many times have you been here in the last 12 months? Uh, what, twice? No, you've been here five times. Maybe one of the dishes you ate the last five times you've been here was completely blank because it's all about demonstrate they can go to the food place and not actually eat it yeah yeah i don't think that well i understand why it was set where it was set but i said to rich it doesn't help that i am very much one of these people that is like even if i had all of the money in the world and or somebody took me there for free i would never go somewhere that serves food like that because i want to eat a meal i don't want to eat like scented air or whatever the fuck you're trying to sell me on here lads some sort of you know salted foam i don't want that i want like a big fucking burger or a cheeseburger. Do you want a cheeseburger, do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm, more of, I'm more of a chicken burger gal because I find beef burgers <laughs> kind of greasy or really dry. Those seem to be your two options in a restaurant. Yeah. Dryest burger ever or swimming in grease. But that's uh, the one bit that I absolutely fell in love with that film is the cheeseburger scene because it's the only time yeah. where he's happy in the yeah. whole film. He's just a miserable shit the entire way through apart from making a dirty cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, it's um it, it was an interesting in a film and like it was one of yeah. those ones where I think when I was when I was trying to do it rate it on Letterboxd, I was like, I don't I don't know what stars to give this because I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, no. unless like I don't know, Rich puts it on and I'm in the room. <laughs> but knowing yeah. me, I'll probably be just reading some fan fiction or something instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like but like similarly, I'm not miffed that I watched it. It wasn't like I got to the end and I was like, can't believe I wasted X amount of time on this, which has been happening to me frequently with movies lately, yeah. which is very annoying and weird. Do you want to hear what the first film I watched in 2023 was? Okay. Yep. It's fucking Jaws 3D. <laughs> of all the shit films. <laughs> I don't I, like, and. I blame Rich for it entirely. He was listening to a podcast thing that was just talking about all the Jaws movies. He was like, well, I've got to watch them again, haven't I? And I don't think I've ever seen 3D before. It's really bad, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. Really it, it, we'd, we'd already had, we'd, we've been through the shit 3D of the modern era, but that was the old shit 3D with the blue and red glasses, wasn't it? And Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah <laughs> and like, everything's got to come right to the camera. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, look at this shark. It's real. It's real. <laughs> it's not. It's not real, lads. Don't don't worry about it. But, um, uh, but the menu, yeah. <laughs> yes. But segue from one horror movie. Well, segue from one film about how all rich people are shits to my third recent watch, <laughs> Glass Onion. Oh yeah. Is that uh, all year for Daniel Craig, or is that all year for the film? It's actually, actually it's for the film. I think. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect of this because I know that it's supposed to be just sort of like a series of, you know, Benoit Blanc mysteries kind of thing. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to get like Knives Out, but again, but it was so different to everything about the way that Knives Out was filmed and Mm. like the sort of almost closed up, like, because even though they're in quite a big house in the first Knives Out, it's very sort of insular, it's, yeah. it's, everything feels quite small. There's not a lot of like scope. It's a bit gritty. gritty. The colour palette's a bit mm-hmm. darker than you might think. It's very sort of like yeah, mystery. And then yeah. this one started, and like it took me a long time to sort of like switch my brain into like, oh, this is going to be really different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like it. I felt really bad for Rich. Again, here's a massive fucking clanging spoiler. Thankfully, he didn't tell me this beforehand, but he'd had it spoiled that Janelle Monet plays her own twin in this. 
kind of a big yeah. point in the plot there, yeah. It's a real big point in the plot. So like when it happened in the film and I was like, What? He was like, Yeah, I knew that was coming. Oh no, no internet. Why'd you ruin it? And like, yes, I know people say, well, it's not ruining it, is it? Because if you watch the film again, you'll still enjoy it. I'm like, no, but you've ruined the initial surprise. You've ruined the M. Night Shyamalan-style twist in the film. What a twist. Uh, (laughs) So uh, it took me a while to get into this because it was such a sort of like pivot from what my brain was expecting of a Knives Out movie. But now I'm like really intrigued as to what the next one might be, because I feel like you've got to, you've got to do something else now, haven't you? Uh, The only thing that really got me was, I think Dave Bautista was possibly miscast. Well, he's possibly miscast in almost everything that's not Drax. Yeah. I've just got a bit bored of him playing, oh, I'm a grumpy, tough guy with a heart of gold. I'm a little bit stupid <laughs> at times. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not uh, sold on him, let, let's say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but um, everybody else was, like, brilliant in it. I thought at first I was going to get really annoyed by, oh, my God, I've forgotten a name. <sighs> really beautiful blonde one who's, like, oh, in, like, a bazillion films. Shit. God, it's completely gone out of my head. Me too. And I know she's got famous parents, and I can't think of them either. Fucking hell. Using the power of Google. <laughs> power of Google. Look it up, Brian. Look it up. <laughs> it is Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. It is Kate yes. Hudson. Yeah, I thought her character was going to annoy me when she mm-hmm. first appeared. But actually, I sort of warmed to her by the end, which was good, because, again, this was another film that was mostly populated with assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot um, Jessica Henwick was in it as well. It's like, oh, look, there's Jessica Henwick. Yeah. And then she's gone again. It's like, oh, look, she's mm-hmm. back. No, back again. <laughs> oh, and I could, I could watch Catherine Hahn do anything, I think. She could read a phone book and I'd be like, yes, please do go on, because she's wonderful. It's, um, <laughs> when we were watching it, I was saying to Rich that, like, it, uh, it always sort of throws me a bit when you're watching sort of mystery type stuff, because I really want to to guess it like i really want to be like i am a detective i could i could be benoit blanc do you know (laughs) and then and then you watch it and you don't you don't see it coming at all and you feel like a reet fanny and that's how i felt (laughs) i think i really enjoyed it because it takes the piss out of every single like mystery show trope you know you get the twin you get the uh you get the red herrings all the way through you Mm. get the uh you get the scooby-doo reveal at the end Mm. And it's kind of like everything about it is just obviously laid out in front of you before you even start. But yeah, apart from Daniel Craig's French accent disappearing every five minutes. Oh God, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny to me because, and what I love about it as well is he's like eating up all of the scenery, but still he's like mesmerized. It's not in like a oh, yeah. shit kind of way. It's just like, he looks like he's having the time of his life. And, uh, and I, I, I appreciate that in a film. I think yeah, I think I think I'd happily watch like a billion Knives Out mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Keep them coming, keep them coming. Yeah, I mean after the after the bad taste of the Last Jedi, which I, I fall on the firmly I dislike this film side of the gamp. Oh it's no! Nice to see Rian John- I think Rian Johnson's better off at original stories or something different. Yeah, well, not to start an argument with you, but the Last Jedi is like one of my favourite Star Wars movies. Uh, Shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the inconsistency in that trilogy. And it's not just Last Jedi's fault. It's all three of the no, films. They're all I, I'll agree with you there, but I feel like The Last Jedi set up a lot of intre- potentially very interesting things that then um, Rise of Skywalker went <laughs> on for a laugh. Like, <laughs> well, to, to be honest, if I was J.J. Abrams, uh, Rhea Johnston just did exactly the same to me. And like, here's all your wonderful plot threads and Rhea Johnston got... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't understand why it, they didn't just pick one person to do the trilogy and stick with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. would you bring in somebody random to do the middle one <laughs> and not expect it to be completely disjointed? My only, my only thought of that is they just couldn't afford the amount of CGI lens flare that JJ Abrams asked for. <laughs> so many, so many lens flare. Jeez. <laughs> Oh god, we started talking about Avatar earlier, didn't we? And then I just got yes. off on one. But like, yeah, I've got no intention of seeing any of the Avatar no. movies because the first no. one was shit. I remember going to see it with my mum, and we were both like, okay, this is visually gorgeous, but after like twenty minutes of like, yeah. well, you just get it, don't you? Then, and it's like, okay, well, where's what? What should I care? And well, it's one of those films as well that sort of annoys me that it's done really well because I'm like, but it's not good. It's not any good, and I get quite just stressed. Looks good to you. <laughs> Yeah, you've well, just been bamboozled by pretty things. You're like a magpie. You've seen so much shiny and you've gone, ooh. <laughs> but, you know, I went to the cinema to see it, so I shut my mouth, gave it money, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen the first one all the way through. So I think that's that's a rare skill nowadays to avoid that pile of trash. But to <laughs> me, it's just, it's basically Pocahontas in the first film. Mm. Or or Fern Gully, if you're old enough to remember that shitty. I loved Fern Gully. <laughs> Yo, my name is Batty, my logic is erratic. Potato in the jacket. Anyway, carry on. But Don't yeah, so that. it's the same plot of all three films. And then from what I've read about the latest one, it's exactly the same fucking plot again. They've done nothing different. Oh yeah, I've got I've got absolutely no like zero interest. We saw the trailer for it, and I was like, yeah, I couldn't even raise a slight sheet for that one yeah not the, only, the only more annoying trailer is the fucking Oppenheimer trailer been on screen for like 18 fucking months now that trailer I'm done Nolan release the fucking film Nolan release Rich, it Rich I don't want to see so that trailer he's so excited about Oppenheimer and I'm like again I saw the trailer and I was like okay like that's fine I don't, trailers are really weird for me at the moment because they seem to either like give away everything and I couldn't care less or they're just utterly like what was that? So, have you seen the trailer for Renfield? No, not been recently. <laughs> so, the whether or not you're interested in Renfield uh, will probably depend on your tolerance for Nicolas Cage, just Nicolas oh, Cage in yes, everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. The, and Nicolas, Nicolas Holt exists. As Dracula, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I watched the trailer for this the other day and I straight up almost lost my mind. Like, I don't particularly like Nicolas Holt. I think he's, he's, he's passable at best most of the time. Yeah. Although I did really like him in Mad Max, Fury Road, but anyway. But yeah, I watched that trailer and I was like, okay, this looks like it could be, you know, a bit of bit of fun balls to the wall. And then Nicolas Cage comes in with those teeth <laughs> and just that accent. And I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm so in. I'm all over the in. Like, I'm going to book a day off work. I'm going to see it at the electric cinema in, like we did with but, that uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, which is quite sad, but really funny. But that's, that's the problem now. Nicolas Cage is now in on the joke. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's kind of the problem for me. If it's that far in on the joke, it's kind of it's not really that funny anymore. Because see, just just that trailer, I just I can't fathom how like it's it's gonna be so 
shit slash brilliant, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I'll come out of it and think, cool, that was a good film. <laughs> but yeah. but I I mean, I'll have a lot of fun. A Variable Weight of Master Talent, I think, was saved more by Pedro Pascal rather than anything else. Pedro Pascal, what a handsome, talented man. Yes. And and now he's making another TV show where he has to sc- escort an orphan across across a location and defend <laughs> it from lots of hazards. Wonder, yeah. <laughs> wonder what yeah. that sounds very familiar kind of plot, doesn't it? It does a bit, doesn't it? There was a trailer for Mandalorian season three that came out the other day, but I haven't watched it yet because I'm worried that it's not going to have Baby Yoda in it, and I'll be upset. Yeah. Um, not, no spoilers, but rest, rest assured you're okay. Did you not watch Book of Boba Fett? Uh, I did. I did, but I got real fucking bored of it, lads. So uh, yeah. so I, by the end of it, I checked out quite quite massively, and I wasn't really pay, paying that much attention. So I don't, I couldn't tell you what happened in it to advance any of the sort of plots of that sort of arena of Star Wars. <laughs> but it was more like the second half of that series was more self-Mandalorian season 2.5, so... Mm. Oh, well, if he's reunited with Baby Yoda, then I am game. Well, um, as I said, might be worth just double catching back up on Book of Boba Fett and skipping the shit episodes. Um, I don't know if I'll just read the Wikipedia article on it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> that'll, that'll do. That'll do. Sorry, yeah. Boba Fett. But, um, yeah, you were alluding to The Last of Us, which I have put in my eyes recently. Yeah. So. I am somebody who, uh, I like video games, but I like watching other people play them, partly because I'm not very good at games, so I get frustrated, but also because even if I was very good at games, I get too into games and I shit myself, so there's no, <laughs> there is no way, I mean, once my sister couldn't stop laughing at me because I had sneaked upstairs to my uncle's room to have a little go on Resident Evil because I thought, if I, if, I, if I have a go on it, right, when nobody's around, then if I do shit myself, it doesn't matter, so it'd be fine. So I booted up my uncle's game and I went poking around this room and I lifted a trap door and half a dead body flew out and a loud noise happened and I screamed and turned it off and my sister came running upstairs, what's wrong with you? And I was like, Resident Evil happened. And um, she couldn't stop laughing. So, like, I do not play games very often unless it's like tetris if it's a puzzle game there's no stakes i'm all over it rock band there's no stakes it's fine um but anything like the last of us absolutely not so my only experience of this game is i watched rich play maybe the opening part of the game and then i've seen hmm, perhaps about 10 minutes of the rest of it (laughs) in total so i don't know an awful lot about the game except the opening so, I'm in exactly the same situation because I've never owned a PlayStation, so it's never. I've never been a PlayStation kind of guy, and the only thing I knew about it was all the controversy when the second game came out, and everybody was very angry that there was, there was a non a non booby woman in a video game, and therefore it was the end of the known universe. Gosh, yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a it, it, it's a game that I feel like I would very much like to watch somebody that I care about play, but yeah. a lot of um, I've tried looking for a few Let's Plays online and they've all been by very annoying people that I don't want to hear talk. <laughs> I kind of wish the Game Grumps would do it because then at least it would be funny as well so I wouldn't shit myself as hard. Um, so there's a really good subreddit called Games the Movie. I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of it. And what it does is it takes video games and it usually finds Let's Plays where nobody speaks. And what they'll do is like just play the game up until the next cut, next cut scene. So it like just tells the story without having to read it. Oh, Okay. Oh, that sounds interesting. Because I think this this game has like a really interesting premise. Um, yeah. I do think so. The show I really enjoyed the first episode, but mm-hmm. there are two things about it that bothered me. And again, whacking great spoilers coming here. 
The first is that the impact of his daughter dying is massively reduced when you know that it happens because of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so having watched Rich play that scene and genuinely we lost our fucking minds. We thought he'd done it wrong. He started again because mm. we were like, the daughter can't, we can't have killed the daughter. Like how yeah. have we, it's 10 minutes in. <laughs> so <laughs> we were just like losing our minds, restarting the game. Like, oh no, apparently this is supposed to happen. Um, yeah. So like the sort of emotional impact of that, I was just sort of waiting for it to happen. Like every time like a car crashed, oh, is this it? <laughs> yeah. like, someone's over there with a gun. Is this it? <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually sort of lessened the impact and also i don't think the first episode needed to be an hour and a fucking half long no it was it was <laughs> slightly longer than expected i mean because i've never watched or played any of the games it probably had a bit more impact with me um it's nice to see anna Thor back on telly as i used to watch fringe back in the day it's like oh look it's the girl from fringe yeah so it was nice to see her back on telly but um i really really enjoyed it and i actually kind of liked the way they built up the, the kind of creepy stuff in the background of that yeah. that whole day of what happens. I mean, mm. I've heard the game, it happens in 2013 and the game's set in 2033, so it's a 20-year time skip and they've just moved it back 10 years. But um, one very nerdy thing I was reading was somebody tweeted out the fact of being set in September 2003 means that they wouldn't have been able to watch Return of the King. So they watched the two. Oh, wow. <laughs> cracking series that year but, um, oh, yeah but i really enjoyed it i thought yeah that kind of bit with the creepy old woman when she oh my god in around. the background yes. oh, yeah yeah i am um, i like all that sort of because i said to rich there's <laughs> there's a potential for a lot of this to scare me because I don't really mind like zombie type. So these are almost like fungus monsters um, yep. in this game. And I don't like I don't really mind stuff like that, but I don't like when they're fast. That makes me very nervous. Yep. And so there was like a bit in this where like one of them is like chasing him through a diner and yep. like through the kitchen part of the diner. And I was like, I'd have just killed myself already. <laughs> well, like if this happened, I'd be dead already because this is too frightening. <laughs> The only thing that pissed me off about that scene is it leaves every fucking door open. Yeah. <laughs> just, just slam the door behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you'd be thinking straight in that sort of situation. Because, like, like, me and Richard talked about it before, and I was like, you know, I'd like to think I'd have some survival instincts, but I don't think I would. I think I'd just shit myself and die in a corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just die of fright immediately. <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you think of uh, Ellie's casting? Because it was what's-her-face Mrs. Little Girl from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I've got no sort of uh, concept of this person. Um, yeah. And I don't really have a concept of the character in the game either, because I didn't really get that far with Rich for him to actually like pick her up. So I think I've seen maybe two seconds of her. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't like from what I could tell, there weren't a lot of people in this that I recognised. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it means that my expectations are like not stupidly yeah. high. I mean, I, th- I don't think Pedro Pascal can do anything wrong, if I'm honest. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love, I just, I just love him. I think he's wonderful. So, like, when they said, that, like, when the casting got announced, like, God, it must have been a couple of years ago now. And I, I thought, I haven't even really played this game, but I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and like, absolutely, I'll watch that. And it's obvious that HBO have taken the Game of Thrones budget approach and just thrown every single bit of spare cash they've got to it. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as a non-game player, I really enjoyed being able to appreciate the story in a slightly different way. This is my mm. having this as my first experience. I think is probably better than if you 
played it through in the game because it does make me half interested to go and buy like an old knackered PlayStation 4 off somebody <laughs> and then buy the games and play through. Yeah, I'm sure uh, that's uh, that's probably what they they you know PlayStation want from this. To be honest, these people yeah. just suddenly oh let's have an interest in this game. To be fair, oh. the game looked really good. It's just that um, I'm a chicken. And, uh, and Rich gets frustrated. There's always there's always like a stealth bit in these sorts of games that yeah. will do mine and Richie's Sweden because neither of us have the patience. And so no. we'll start fucking around and then something will be like, here I am to eat you because you made too much noise or you knocked yeah. over this thing or your kid got fucked too far behind you or whatever, you know, the fucking thing is. <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of guy who buys a Hitman game and then just like gets the guns out and shoots everybody. If everybody's dead, then <laughs> that means that the mission's successful. I don't have time for stealth. Yeah, I have no, a very oh, busy yeah. life. I don't have time to waste three hours trying to get from one end of a level to another. Sadly enough, I never even managed to finish The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker because that, that bit where you have to get in a barrel and <sighs> sneak around on a ship. I just get yeah. every now I just kept getting thrown off the ship because every now and again I'd just be like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so I've got a really good idea for that. We should set up a video game hiring service where you can get somebody to come and play, play themselves for the blocked bit of the game. Just lie there, come around for an hour, do this bit of the game, and then you can sod off, and then I can carry well, on. My mum used to do that for me when I lived at home, because I think my mum's a better video gamer than I am, and my nan definitely is. But like when I lived at home, like we, so we'd play Ocarina of Time a lot, and I'd always get fucked off in the Water Temple. I hate the Water Temple. It's a fucking nightmare, just going around, rising and lowering water and taking on, taking off boots. Fuck off. So every now and again, I'd just be like, Ma, <laughs> I'm stuck in the water temple again. <laughs> She'd have to come up, sit, trudge upstairs. All right, let me get my boots on. Yeah, I'm um, a bit like that with the, the library level on Halo, if you've ever played it. Where every no, I never level, have. Every single level looks exactly the same. So like, you get lost pretty quickly. And then oh, you're just like, is it this door? Is it this door? Can't be asked for that. Really can't be asked for that. Have you ever played, I think it was called Eternal Darkness? Yes, Sanity's Requiem. Yeah, the one where you just go mental throughout the game and it's really fucking disorienting. (laughs) That drove me mad when me and my sister were playing, because I watched my sister play it again. Like, all the games that I played were very low stakes ones. So, like, Mario and Sonic, I could deal with. I could deal with Eggman. He's sort of the level of fright I could deal with. (laughs) I can deal with a Robotnik and I can deal with a Bowser. It's fine. But, like, yeah, anything, anything sort of more terrifying than that and I'm like no but I was watching Zoe play Eternal Darkness and just I was like we've been I'm sure we've been here before why are you speaking a different language what's going on so I think if you watch those games now and you look how shit are the graphics on this when you watch oh god I tell you what nothing is funnier to me than like just popping up an emulator and having to go on some old games because some of them are so bad but um I mean a lot of games do still stand up but I don't know if it's just that I've got worse at games or like I've got more used to modern controls or whatever, but like some of them are real fucking hard. Like, not to bring up the turtles again, but I did have a go on the old like NES. Shredders for a bit. No, no, it was oh, like no, the old the like, on an emulator. Oh, yeah. yeah, on the old NES one. Mate, I could I could barely get out of the second fucking level. I was running around, somebody get me a fucking pizza, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gave me a pizza. And I died. Died but, loads of times, but it still looked yeah. really good. But talking of turtles, have you played Shredder's Revenge? I'm assuming you would have played Shredder's Revenge. It's so great. My mate, my mate Key, text Rich, and he was like, "It's on Game Pass." Because we were, we weren't going to get it at first, because we were like, "It's going to be good, but not like you know, buy yeah, it immediately, not, not you know, forty quid or whatever." Yeah, yeah. So we we're like, "We'll just." Uh, our mate texts us, "It's on Game Pass." So Rich was like, "Fucking have it!" <laughs> so that evening, 
we had like a mad turtles evening where we played through all of it and finished it uh he was raf i was donny obviously um you've got to have that reach you've got to have that bow staff reach and um, flick people out the screen with it that's the whole point yeah. I love the bow staff, it's so good. Um, I, although I think it's weird that his like little celebratory thing at the end of each level is to pogo on it. How does that yeah. work? <laughs> How does it? It's not a spring, it's a stick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did that and then we ate a pizza and then we watched um, Turtles in Time, you know, the third live action movie that everyone thinks yeah. is shit. But I still kind kind of like because i'm very weird um but shredder's revenge absolutely loved it i wanted i want to go back and play it again now that i've unlocked casey because mm-hmm. <laughs> i haven't played it as casey yet and he has yeah. got sticks and stuff so he's also got that reach <laughs> yeah it reminded me a lot because i've played that recently of the scott pilgrim games so i bought the mm. the uh, very limited run uh, it was actually limited run games the uh, physical release of it on switch so it took forever yeah. to arrive but it's so much fun that game if you never played it yeah, we uh, we had a good go on that. I was going to get the limited run games of Shredder's Revenge because it came with like loads of enamel pins and like stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to wait like 3,000 years for it. And also, do I need more pins and stuff? <laughs> like, mm. not really. <laughs> like, my house is full of turtles paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the game is very good. I uh, I love that. I love that. I would love to see like a Sonic in that sort of style, you know, like that. Sort of cartoonish kind of pixel style. I love it. Well, the, pro- the problem is they've still not made a great 3D Sonic game. Mm. It just doesn't work in 3D, which, which is weird because the film does. The film's wonderful. I love Sonic and Sonic 2. I think they're great. Like, just so much fun. Just so much silly fun. Rich bought the new Sonic game recently. I can't even remember what it's called. And he just started playing it. And immediately I was like, what am I looking at? It's so yeah. bizarre. There's like weird sort of like metal triangle monsters that are just like I don't I don't know. It almost looks a bit like Breath of the Wild, but not. And I'm like, eh. couldn't yeah. couldn't wrap my brain around it at all. Yeah, it's kind of weird because Mario translates quite well to 3D in a mm. weird kind of way, but Sonic never did. Like it was just too fast. He's too fast. I could never play as Sonic. I always used to play as Tails. Tails is my mm. favourite, and that's why my husband thinks I'm lame. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, you're supposed to go fast. That's what it's for. And I'm like, no, but that's how you end up on spikes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You spikes? How you drop all your rings and then go... And you lose all your rings. <laughs> yeah, and you make that O face that's very weird. I think we were talking about The Last of Us, weren't we? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, tell you what, I tell you what threw me off about The Last of Us, and uh, Rich was laughing at me about it, was um, he put it on while I was in the middle of reading something on my phone. So I was like trying to like hurry up and finish reading so I could like pay attention. And then a voice came on the TV, and I was like, Donatello, and realised it was Josh Brenner, who does the voice <laughs> of Donnie in Rise of the TMNT. It really threw me, because I, <laughs> I was like, what? Oh! <laughs> um, now I'll pay he, some interest, yeah. <laughs> he, he plays the guy who was like the, um, uh, what's the word, like the talk show host at the very start? Yeah, that, yeah and a bit from the 60s. You mean Big Head, Big Head from uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, I try to forget that Silicon Valley existed, though, no. Because it was just full of arseholes, wasn't it? Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, just to yeah. cover my own back. <laughs> it was quite weird to see John Hanna in something for, for a grand total mm. of three minutes. It's like yeah. a big speech, and then he's like, I'm done. I did, I did wonder if that like if that sort of setup is going to come back at any point because it actually at the moment feels a bit incongruous to the rest of the show. So unless it sort of yeah. you know links 
in future episodes. But I do think it was a shame with the first episode that they didn't end it after his daughter died, because I think if you've never played the game and that was the end of the first episode, you would be like, what? And yeah. you would lose your mind until the next one came on. <laughs> and, uh, and instead, what you got treated to was like, oh, 20 years in the future and a, a little tiny bit of like nuggety setup, which yeah. like was fine, like it was good. Um, I, I, but I, I, I think they're rushing to get the journey bit started because that's yeah, the I'm sort of hoping that the next few episodes are shorter yeah. generally and <laughs> and also that they are more sort of like, OK, we've we've set up everything now. So here we go. Um, yeah. I really want to see more of the monsters because I think the, the bits that we've seen so far have been like genuinely like gorgeous. Like it reminded me a bit of um, Annihilation. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's very sort of like, yeah, natural, but also completely unnatural, like mm. very distressing, disconcertingly so. Um, yeah. So I am definitely looking forward to more. But I think I just think it's a shame that the sort of I feel like the impact of that of that death was lost by being like, and now it's 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It Do was you know kind I mean? of like <laughs> you got no chance to like process it before. Oh, look, is there yeah. part in a dead body around? Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching more of it, I think. Yeah, I mean, Pedro Pascal's on a real big hype, isn't it? Which is good, because after Wonder Woman at 84, he deserved a better career break. <laughs> oh, I just, I love him. I just really love him. I, I honestly think I could watch him again, like Catherine Hahn. I could just watch him just do anything. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there and read me a story. That'd be fine. I'd, I'd watch it. It'd be really good. Can I ask you a question that might yes, be, that have. might kick off a, a debate? Have you seen the trailer for the Mario movie? Oh, is this the Chris Pratt question? So I'm not going to ask the Chris Pratt question because I feel like every, every everybody knows where I stand on this. <laughs> if you don't, it's that Charles Martinet should have done it. And anybody yep. who says, but nobody wants to hear Mario go, it's a me, a Mario, a woohoo, like the whole Everybody time. wants to hear Mario say, it's a me, Mario. That's his thing. Well, not only that, but even if people were trying to say, oh, that would be grating or offensive after an error or so, like, OK, fine. But do you realise that Charles Martinet is actually a very good voice actor who could probably adapt that voice into something that would suit a feature length movie? Yeah. Like, uh, the- I was very lucky to meet Charles Martinet a couple of years ago when he was at MCM Comic Con and he was in the press room. So oh that's one of my greatest things of all time. It's like, I've met Mario. Yeah. Oh but, my um, God, I would have my mind. <laughs> but two things, there's two points which I, I get with the, the Super Mario Chris Pratt question. One is, I think he Googled Super Mario Brothers, saw the Bob Hoskins movie, and assume that's how Mario speaks as I only watch the Bob Hoskins Super Mario Brothers movie. Right. And that's my explanation for why he's got a very terrible New York accent. Is that what it even is? I couldn't really I think tell. it's supposed to be a New York accent. Oh, dear. See, and the second is, if I had the money, I'd get Charles Martinet on Cameo to record every single lie that Chris Pratt's going to have in the movie <laughs> and redub him in. Oh, mate. I, if I had the money, I would give it to you for you to do that. Like, here's the thing, right? Regardless of what your opinion of Chris Pratt as an actual person is, because I do think it's harsh. Well, it's a bit of a knock. He's a bit of a knock, but I do think it's harsh that like every time he gets a role, people are like, oh, he doesn't deserve it. Because like, well, we've had this conversation. You, your opinion isn't going to change as he's very famous. People are going to hire him. What bothers, what bothered me about the choice wasn't necessarily that it was him so much as his voice is so generic. Like the reason he worked as Emmy in the Lego Movie is because he's supposed to be like a generic, generic person, the most generic. (laughs) like yeah like little lego man 
duplicate Lego men. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's supposed to be like, I'm your every man. So, like, that's not that's not Mario, like, at all. But the reason I wanted to talk about the trailer is because I'm really intrigued. So, first of all, I think Jack Black as Bowser might be one of the best things Perfect. Oh, my God, I love Jack Black so much. The um, entire rest of the cast I have no issue with. Keegan-Michael Key, great. No, see, because I want Toad to sound like this. <laughs> Which would kill somebody's vocal cords, and I yeah. totally appreciate why they wouldn't want to go down that route. I don't know how I feel about Charlie Day as, as Luigi, I'll be honest. I, I think he's going to work as that kind of nervous energy kind of weirdness. I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. But the thing that sort of baffled me about the trailer, after I was going, where's Mario's butt, though? Why they've got <laughs> Mario's butt on me? Was how they, like... <sighs> I don't understand from the trailer that we've seen so far, like what the what the plot or anything is even supposed to be. And there's bits where they show you like bits of him literally running along platforms and like knocking out question boxes and grabbing stars. And I'm like, I get I get that a lot of people get cross a bit, like you know, for example, for not being closer to the game. Like, what is it set in the human world and blah blah blah. But I don't want to just see a Sonic level as a movie. Like that would be shit. And I don't want to see that as a Mario movie either. And I don't know why anybody would think that would be enticing. <laughs> and it really threw me when it was in the trailer because I was like, I thought, like, is this what people want? Or am I, am I just really out of Mario touch? <laughs> so from what I can work out and guarantee this is going to be wrong because I think this is what the plot is. Bowser <laughs> is trying to take over the entirety of the uh, the planet that the Mushroom Kingdom is on. Right. So I think like that scene with the penguins, that's going to be the start of the film, and that's him conquering the next kingdom along. And mm-hmm. I think like the penguiny kingdom is between the mushroom kingdom and Bowser's kingdom. So Mario gets transported in, and the invasion of the mushroom kingdom is just underway at that point. And mm-hmm. then he he Toad basically bribes him to say, right, we'll get you home, but you got to rescue the princess first. Okay. I bet that's the did. only way I can think that works. I still think it's weird. I don't, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I don't, it was funny because like the reaction on the internet was all just centered around like Chris Pratt's voice, <laughs> and I was like, people, nobody's talking about what the fuck is the movie, <laughs> like, which was the, the which was my takeaway from the trailer. So I was like, I don't understand what I'm looking right. at except that I'm in love with Jack Black's Bowser. Like, I might actually be a furry now. I, I don't know, Scalar. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Nintendo are so worried after the the nineties film that they're gonna try and put as much Mario ness into it as possible because that was the main complaint. Oh my god, it's so fucking funny. For uh, oh, it was it was a few years ago now. When I say a few years, I mean like pre-COVID. Me and Rich watched the nineties Mario movie again. It, again, it was it was one of the films that Rich was sort of forced to watch to listen along to a podcast series that he enjoys which is just baffling. And I'd forgotten how utterly fucking nanas that movie is. <laughs> there is a bit where like they get arrested and at the police station, there is a policeman sitting there and just inexplicably a stilettoed foot just comes in and starts massaging his shoulders from either side, just massaging the, the policeman's shoulders. I don't know whose legs these, these belong to. I don't know why they're there. Why is it in a Mario movie? <laughs> I just I could I was sitting there and I was like Richard have I accidentally done mushrooms what am I seeing? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the writers 
assumed the the mushrooms Mario was eating throughout the film were those kind of Mario <laughs> mushrooms. Honestly, what a weird film. But I that film would it. never be made nowadays. That that's the no. joy of that film. That's the I do, joy I do, of that I film. I do love that it exists. I do love yeah. that it exists. And honestly, like I actually think it's quite fun if you watch it from a not being Mario kind of place. <laughs> yeah. Just watch it for being a totally batshit movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you ignore the Super Mario connection to it, it's a great mid nineties weird as fuck film. Because that's yeah. why everything was happening in the 90s. It's kind of, that was released around the same time as Waterworld. Do you know what? I've never seen that. I don't, maybe, is it worth... maybe that's for your new podcast. Is, never... <laughs> <laughs> is that worth going on the list? Is that is that going to be one that I'm, I should clamber to see? <laughs> well, first, it's got Dennis Hopper in it as the bad guy. So there's the connection yeah. that way. It's, yeah. It was the most expensive film at the time ever because the set got destroyed twice by hurricanes. It's oh, like, God. after the first time, it's like, just... Just don't rebuild it. It's like you should know this. And it was we'll take peak, precautions. And it was Pete Kevin Costner, so I think it was Robin after Robin Hood's Prince of Thieves. Do you know I haven't seen that either? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to me, to be fair to me, it came out in like what early nineties. I would have been like seven. And then since then, Alan um, Rickman. I know it's got Alan Rickman in it, and I do love Alan Rickman. But I think I think Brian Adams killed it for me. I yeah. think that song being at number one for so long <laughs> just drove me so insane. I just hated the film, and I've never seen it because of that. I don't know if that's uh, harsh toward them. Is it a good film? Is it a legit? It's a good, good film. film. Yeah, it's it's not the Robin Hood tale that you get told as a kid. It's very <laughs> Americanized, but it, it's it's really good. Morgan Freeman's all right in it. Kevin Costner's not too wooden. I think it's uh, it's difficult to top the Disney movie with the foxes. Mm. I will freely admit that my first childhood crush was on Disney's Robin Hood, the fox. So you are uh, a fairy then? Maybe I think everybody <laughs> had a crush on either yeah. either Robin and yeah. or Maid Marian. They were fit yeah. for animated foxes. Yeah. Um, the other day, me and Rich were watching. <laughs> Gang Grumps were doing one of those, you know, uh, you can get like do websites where you can rank certain yeah. things to F- like, like F- God F- to, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they were doing those and they were doing like their ridiculous things that they've said that they fancy like over the years. And one of them was like Gadget from um, Tailspin. And <laughs> Rich was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, but what? And then he was like Robin Hood. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw zero stones in this glass house, can't I? Yeah. But <laughs> if you've never watched, if you've ever watched Robin Hood Men in Tights, you'll get a much deeper appreciation if you watch Prince of Thieves before it. Oh, I love Men of Tights. Men in Tights. That's really funny. But it, that that whole film is more of a riff on the Prince of Thieves version than anything else. Okay, maybe that'll be a. I wonder if I if I throw it in the never seen group, they'll be like what and stick it on the list. <laughs> yeah, they're making me watch a western for the next one, and I don't know Ooh. if I'm going to be able to cope. Is it Tombstone? No, it's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, it's an amazing film. Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is a great film. If I don't think I like westerns. <laughs> if you ignore the fact that Clint Eastwood is a massive arsehole nowadays and is a very grumpy old man, <laughs> it's a great yeah, film. Yeah, it's. It's really difficult at the moment. Um, I've been having this conversation with a few people about separating the art from the artist because for a really long time I was like, I don't want to. I want to stick by my morals and I only want to support people who are great. But now I've sort of got to the point where um, any man that I don't know personally, I don't really trust to be a very good person. (laughs) 
um, because Fair. it seems like every, do you know what I feel like I'm jinxing things as well because it seems like every time I go oh I love this person like a week later it's like this person's a sexual predator or like this person's done a cannibalism and I'm like oh for fuck's sake I was re- I was listening to an episode an old episode of the parlour recently because that's a sad thing that I do when I'm feeling a bit lonely when I'm working from home and Rich is in the office just I listen to me and my friends talking as though it's really happening right now <laughs> um yeah. and I was listening to an old episode and I was talking about how much I love TJ Miller in Deadpool and I was like for fuck's sake what am I doing <laughs> and then there was another episode where I was going like army oh, hammer should be in more things <laughs> Like, like old episodes of the parlour are just a catalogue of me announcing my love for people who turned out to be just awful. If Tom so, Hanks ever comes out as an arsehole, I think the entire world's going to implode. Well, I think at the moment there are about four people in my head that I would genuinely be surprised if anything bad came out about it, just because they seem so nice. But mm. like literally everybody else, I'm like, I do, I'm on the fence, lads. And t- <laughs> like yeah. until you die, and then. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming Ryan Reynolds is in that list. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be surprised. Oh, awful. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I don't. Mm, he always seems a lovely chap. I mean, it, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But I always thought Justin Roiland seemed like a nice enough dude. It's just a bit silly. Oh, is it a bit eccentric? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you uh. just spent your last like five years of your life making that bloody PC game with his names plastered all over it and him doing all the voice work. I and mean, it's like, it's going to get bombed, isn't it? It's completely bombed. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't quite know what to do now about, about supporting, you know, things because... I mean, yeah. Rick and Morty, I don't mind binning because the last two seasons have been shit. So I'm like, do you know what? This is a really yeah. good excuse now for me to go, nah, I'm not going to carry on watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. It's difficult because on the one hand, I don't want to put money in the pockets of like hot, awful people. And, mm. it, and, and you will be doing that because these awful people somehow end up not getting into prison or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. somehow end up getting back out even when they've actually done awful things and been, you know... This isn't, yeah. a con- this isn't a cheerful <laughs> conversation. No, no, no. Shall we turn it round? We'll turn it round. What are you doing? Turn it round. What else have you been watching, slash doing, playing, listening to? So I've been playing Yakuza 0 because I've got a Steam Deck. So I thought I'm going to catch up on the old Yakuza series because it's perfect for the Steam Deck because they're not that powerful game. No. And they are just absolutely bobbins, insane. Have you ever played any of the Yakuza games? No. So like I say, my game, my personal gaming is limited to puzzle games and low stakes children's games. <laughs> so Yakuza games, it has like this really like hard boiled Yakuza storyline. But at the same time, it's got really weird shit. So, like, every single level, you'll get, like, side missions where it's, like, go find a teddy for a kid. Aww. <laughs> or, That's really or, make, or forge a necklace for this couple <laughs> so they can, like, for this guy so he can go on a date. Pretend, pretend to be my boyfriend. And, like, Aww. there's other stuff is like, because it's a Sega game, you can go into, like, amusement arcades and play, like, classic Sega titles. You can go bowling. You can do karaoke. Compared up with this really, like, hard-boiled Yakuza <laughs> storyline, it's completely insane if you've never played them. It's so hard to explain. They're, like, really fun RPGs in a kind of, like... So you do the seriously bit, then you get to dick around for an hour Brilliant. and do loads of side missions, and then you do another do... serious bit. When you do karaoke, do you actually have to sing, or is yeah. it just, oh, my God, that's brilliant? Well, no, you don't have to sing. It's like button mashing. Aww. But it's one of those it's where it's kind of like... break out a microphone. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they ever did that, but it's it's a really fun <laughs> series to play. I've been playing that. I've been playing Vampire Survivors, which is kind of like the indie darling that everyone's oh, fallen in love with. Rich is in love with that at the moment, and it's a game I don't understand because, like, he's always having a bit of a pop at me about the fact that I play Pokemon Go on my phone because mm. he's like, you don't do anything. He says you just click on a thing and then you throw a ball at it, and then it's done. Like, it's not a game. You're just wiggling your thumb. And I was like, yeah. well, vampire survivors, you just move around because it sort of automatically does all the weapons for you. So you yeah. just basically have to pick a path and hope it's not a shit one. So yeah. like, you're not doing anything either other than wiggling your thumb around. So don't come it with me, chummy. But you get um, lots of upgrades and then like kind of better weapons the more you play, you unlock characters. It's a bit like Pokemon Go, basically. You'll upgrade, <laughs> you upgrade your Pokemon, evolve them into better powers, regimes, those kind of things. So, but yeah. Vampire Survives, it's it's one of those, their games are supposed to last between 15 and 30 minutes, but you'll be stuck playing it for hours because you'd like, you'll, one more go, one more go, one more go. Kind of like, get the achievements. Richie's trying to get all the achievements, and I'm like, you've got the patience of a saint. I'd have been done with this by now. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing I've been playing a lot more than I should do is Marvel Snap, which is their new like mobile card game. Yeah, and it's massively addictive. Don't play it. Do not play it. <laughs> Please don't play it because you'll be massively addictive, and it's just like oh. I've had to. I've deleted all the games off my phone except Pokemon Go, which I now will only play when I'm outside as well because I'm like this will ruin your life. <laughs> it will ruin your life. You'll be there going. Yeah, so I've been playing that quite a lot. Uh, what other stuff I've been doing? TV-wise, um, what we do in the shadows, great show on TV. Oh, Never should have eaten. But I've uh, recently introduced my wife to Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Do you know, I haven't finished watching that yet. Ages ago, Rich started watching it with me, and I was like, this is genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And then yeah. for some reason, I can't remember for why, we just never finished watching it. Um, but you look at... You watch that show and so many people have gone on to do like so much other stuff since then. So like Richard Iowardi, Matt Berry, uh, Noel Fielding pops up in there. The other guy from Mighty Bushu, who I don't remember the name of, he's in there as a character. It's kind of like, it's all like this like proto kind of like, this is kind of, you can tell this like first couple of projects outside uni and then yeah. they've all gone off and like become superstars. But just Matt yeah. Berry mispronouncing words. It's just amazing. I love Matt Berry. Did you ever see, um, God, yonks ago, Matt Berry did just like a handful of very short, it was called Matt Berry On or something like that. And it was all Matt Berry does dot, dot, dot. And then each one would be like a different thing. And there was one that really killed me. If you can find it on YouTube, you absolutely have to watch it. It's so funny where it's like it purports to be a documentary about the boat race, you know, the... um. Uh, Cambridge Oxford Cambridge Oxford yeah the, uh, the boat race it, and it's like him talking about universities <laughs> and like it, at first it starts just sounding like it's about the boat race and then all of a sudden he's talking about water boatmen and they're like pumping me muscles mate and it's just it gets <laughs> so fucking stupid and it like we pissed ourselves laughing for ages my hubby uh, programmed into his phone that his name was Jupiter Whistles because of the <laughs> ridiculous names that Matt Berry comes up with for some of the boat racers in that. Um, but it's only like four or five minutes long, but we were absolutely creasing at it. It's so stupid, but I love Matt I'll Berry's have, voice. I'll have to watch that. But I really oh. love Matt Berry's music as well. And like, I don't think many yes. people actually realise he's got really good music as well it's so like yeah. take my hand is one of my favorite all-time songs it always lives on my playlist and he's actually uh 
who's he worked with? I'm going to have to find it now because he was in a very weird group with uh, the guy from Queens of Stone Age, Joss Hom. Okay. Uh, also an arsehole. Yeah. Yes, also an arsehole. Yeah, but uh, he used to do something called the Desert Sessions. Yeah. <laughs> he used to do something called the Desert Sessions where he'd like put a random group of musicians and like they'd go out to like Joshua Tree and like get all stoned and drunk and then just like random people would put together and put an album together and Matt Berry was on one of those albums. Really, really good, worth listening to. Yeah. If you get past the fact that Josh Holmes an arsehole. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we're not doing well, are we, for non-arsehole-related projects? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I mean, is that I think now it's sort of got to the point with me in terms of, you know, art versus the artist thing, where I don't think I can, unless unless it's something I feel like I can just divest myself from because I'm yeah. not that bothered. Like, I don't feel like I can just cut entire people yeah. out of my viewing or listening or whatever, because there's too many of them I wouldn't watch or listen to anything anymore. And well, this is the thing. You've gone Wikipedia <laughs> for four hours researching whoever's in the show. It's like, oh, I can't watch yeah. that one. It's like, no. hmm, is that transgression difficult, like bad enough for me to go, now I'm not going to watch it? <laughs> well, well like, the whole hmm. thing about the Velma show and like Mindy Kaling's getting a lot of abuse for it at the minute. And like, she liked a tweet from JK Rowling once. So obviously that means she's a horrible person. See, <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen any of Velma yet because I don't know her int- I wasn't particularly interested based on no. the little trailers and stuff. And I don't, to be honest, I'm not sure that it's even aimed at me. So I don't no. know that I like, you know, it's not it doesn't matter really that I'm not that yeah. bothered about it. But part of me sort of wants to watch it now and wants to like it because everybody's been so arsehole on the internet yeah. about it. But then also on the other hand, I just don't think I care. No. <laughs> It's kind of like, I'll go back and watch the classic Scooby-Doo cartoons if, if I wanted to. Well, I'll be honest, I was never really a big Scooby-Doo kind of a gal. My uncle really liked Scooby-Doo for some reason. Don't know, don't know why. Uh, but it was I, enjoyed never, the, yeah, I enjoyed the Scooby-Doo movie, but that was for a completely different reason. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know the reason. Um, <laughs> and it's not Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> no, I've forgotten the name. Linda Cardellini. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah bit same. Of a from freaks and freaks and geeks. Oh. oh, she's yeah, she's beautiful. I am in the same boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, d- I didn't really like the, the Scooby Doo movie either. I remember Rich making me watch it the once because he was like, actually, it's weirdly good. And I was like, do you know what? I can get behind Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, and I very much enjoyed looking at Linda Cardellini. But other than that, I was like, it's a, it's a Scooby Doo in it, which I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. Talking to Matthew Lillard. Are you going to bother watching oh, well. Scream Six? Probably, um, like mostly because I like most of the other screams, so I feel like to not watch this would be foolish. Um, yeah. But I mean, I suppose like there's only been like a little teasy trailer, so I don't really know. Mm. I don't like the poster. Have you seen the poster? They've done another one, so oh, they did good. like the New York City poster, and it was a bit. Yeah. She's and now, yeah. And now yeah. they've done the usual. Here's all the heads in the film arranged in an <laughs> artful, artful yeah. manner. I don't know, I was watching Comedy Central weirdly one of the nights last week and Scary Movie 2 was on. Oh, oh my God. God that, my God, that film was fucking dated. Oh, no. That, yeah, they all that. We watched, I can't, I think it must be Scary Movie 1, the one that's got um, Chris Elliott in it with his, uh, his strong hands. That's two. That's two. Oh, is it two? Okay, yeah. So that yeah. was the one that we, we saw on, it must have been on Comedy Central then recently because yeah. we were flicking and we were like, oh, God, oh, we thought that was funny at the time. Oh, it's not. It's no. really not, and it's, it's really oh, not so funny. many problematic problematic jokes up the wazoo. <laughs> it's like it's like how did how did this get made? How, how well, the, 
like I was saying to Rich, like I feel like I've always been quite a good person. Um, I know, like obviously things change over the years, and you grow and you learn new yeah. things and blah blah blah. I said, but like I always, I always feel like I'll watch something from the past and be like, how did I ever find this funny? It's a friend, like it's, it's awful. <laughs> it's like Little Britain and stuff like that. It's like how was this on mainstream TV? Um, thankfully, I was never a. You're just going to have to name this episode problematic persons, aren't you? Because David Lyon was a massive <laughs> shit as well. Well. Oh no, is he? I wasn't paying yes. attention to what was going on with him. Oh fucking yeah. hell! Lots, lots of stuff has come him. out about him recently. Yeah, you don't want to know. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's the episode of Arseholes. Uh, Arsehonker Central. <laughs> what can we talk about that doesn't have an arsehole in it? Music. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move on to uh, to your musical your uh, song recommendation for this episode? Yes, so I have selected a band you probably have never heard of. You are correct. In fact, when you sent me the link, I wasn't sure which part of it was the band name. <laughs> so the band name is actually three exclamation marks written down, but it's pronounced chuk, chuk, chuk. Yeah, that's, so not, they, that's not weird at all. <laughs> not weird at all. But basically, they're like, they've been going for decades. They've like, um, I, they call themselves, what was it, dance funk punk band? <laughs> It's okay. a really weird blend of stuff. Uh, they, the main guys worked uh, with LCD Sound System, who you've probably heard of. So it's kind of that kind of genre of music. So I just thought it'd be a really nice different pick because I've been really delving into their back catalogue recently. Um, so they did a song called Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard, which was really, really popular back in the day. Yeah. And since then, they've kind of just done weird stuff and remixes and pulled other albums here there and everywhere and it's one of those bands that probably never got the recognition they should have done yeah but, but the song i picked is the title track of the album which is um and it's obviously gone out of my head now jamie my intentions are based, are based. i wrote it jamie, down for you Jamie, my intentions are bass. And the reason I like it, because it's just got a really dirty, funky bass line all the way through it. And it's just just one of those songs where I put it on and I'm just happy listening to it because it's one of those, it's a walkie song, which I call those kind of songs. It's like one of those where I put on where I'm walking to the shops. Because it's like Yes, and you do it down the street. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can imagine <laughs> yourselves in New York walking down the street, steamy vents going everywhere, yellow cabs going past, and you're yeah. like, you are like Bully Maguire. You are like walking down the street. You are slapping your fingers away and you are the centre of attention. Yeah, I uh, I had a listen to it shortly before we were recording. Um, back on, on a couple of episodes ago, I was talking to my friend Ruth about um, how I listen to music on the toilet. And somebody emailed me after that episode and said, do you really like it just when you're going for a wee? Like, and I was like, yeah. Because I have a weird thing when I wee, where I always have a little break, so I wee, and then I'm like a minute or so's break, and then do do a little bit more, so I may as well just stay up there. So I always put music on because I don't want to just listen to my own bladder and bowel movements. So I popped this on on the toilet before we started recording, and I had a little I had a little dance on there. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. So their discography is diverse, put it that way. Um, so one of the other tracks I really like. Gonna have to get me Spotify to playlist now my brain is just empty today but um yeah they do a really kind of weird collection of stuff uh one of my favorite tracks even when the water's cold which is kind of like a horror movie the lyrics okay. it's really funky alongside it so you're listening to it going, mm, this is really good and then you start listening to the lyrics and you're like well that's actually quite dark and depressing 
But yeah, so there's some really good stuff in their discography. I think they're on to like album 650 by now. But um, just just kind of worth a listen, I think. Just, and just delve in and see if it's stuff that you like. I was going to say, I'm definitely going to give the rest of the album a whirl. I'm sorry, because this is the first time I've recorded an episode of The Parlour with the camera on. And I'm very sorry it looked like I wasn't paying any attention to no. you then because I've got my phone out. But I'll tell you for why is I've decided to, I've, I've changed my song at the last minute, Ryan. Oh, oh you've, you've lied to me. I've lied to you. I've completely lied to you. And now you're going to be like, oh, I've never heard this and I don't know what to say about it. But it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, no. The reason I got my phone out is because I couldn't remember the name of the band and I had to scroll through my Twitter feed to when I tweeted about this particular the song so my friend Addis mm-hmm. invited my other friend Key to see a band and my friend Key was like I've never heard of them before do you guys want to come me and Rich are like sure it's a gig I love a gig uh, yeah. and it's a it's a band called um Punk Rock Factory right and what they do is punk rock covers of old school cartoon themed songs and video game bits of music and so I they did a cover of uh, the moon theme from the NES DuckTales game. She's like legit one of the best pieces of video game music ever made, yeah. and I will fight you on that. It is brilliant, and uh, and the cover of it is absolutely fucking wonderful. So we a thousand percent are going to go and see this band and have a ridiculously fun time. It's um. It's just the kind of music that's like, A, it hits you all of your nostalgia buttons because it's just covers of like shit from your past that yeah. you really like. <laughs> um, whilst also being like really upbeat and like, yeah, I'm going to fucking punch the air, lads. So, yeah. So I know them from one of my other podcasting friends who's Dave Price and his wife, Rachel. They do a podcast called What We've Just Watched, where they like review films in the car on the way home from the cinema. Okay. So like they're, Dangerous. All, like, less than, they're all like less than 10 minutes long, so it's quite quite fun to listen to but they're like mm. they they really like stuff like that they really get into like either pirate themed yeah. covers or those kind of punk rock factory it's really fun i actually sent one of my other friends today a somebody's done a mario 64 soundstage version of radiohead in rainbows oh wow and it's a fantastic album i'll send you the link to it so it's yeah, just like it. in rainbows but with the mario 64 sound effects used to make it it's just genius oh that sounds brilliant so which punk rock factory track did you pick? Sorry. I'm, go- I'm going with the moon from DuckTales. <laughs> um, hopefully it's on Spotify. I think it must be. Um, yeah. So I'll stick it on the parlour, the parlour recommendations playlist if people want to go and have a listen. And I'll, obviously I'll stick your song on there as well. I'm not. Thank you. I'm not a complete twat. Um, <laughs> just a miniature one. Just just partial twat. Yeah, because um, you, you did suggest Beyonce and it was like. I know that track from the original 1993 one that came out. Yeah, uh, the Beyonce one was mostly because I have been in a mood of late, um, just a real bad mood, just having a bad time. And so a lot of the music I've wanted to be listening to, I sort of really alternate between like the saddest shit you've ever heard (laughs) and I'm just like wallowing or just something where it's like I can't help but dance. So that was why I went with Beyonce because that's one of those ones that when it comes on, I'm like, Nobody can see my amazing dancing except you, which I've just remembered. <laughs> Why have I got the camera on? What am I doing with my life? Um, this is the power of music, though. It can heighten mm. or dampen your mood depending on what you want it to do. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that, when you were talking about, like, sort of promoting bands that you think maybe don't quite have the uh, the, the, the audience that they should. I mean, not that this, this podcast is going to help because there's, <laughs> uh, there's maybe, like, 50 listeners. 
Um, but if all 50 of them had a little listen to... But if all 50 rate, review, tell their friends, tell 10 people, there's 500 people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite chuffed with those two song choices, I've got to say. Much uh, much more interesting than Beyonce, who everybody's already fucking heard. <laughs> like, it's an old... It's not even a new song. It's from, like, the middle of last yeah. year. <laughs> now, I, I really have this issue with Spotify where occasionally the algorithm's quite good and it'll throw something up and you're like, hmm, I really like that. And then they'll spend the next two to three days going for the entire back catalogue and picking out the four or five tracks that I just really get into. Yeah. And then that was one of those where it just threw uh, when the water's cold at me and I was like, hmm, this is good stuff. And then, I Jamie, my intentions are bass is just, I'd love, I think that's one of those DJ set kind of songs that you'd expect mm. someone to drop halfway for the night and everybody goes, well, this is new, this is awesome, and get yeah. grooving along with it. Yeah, I can totally see that. Oh, what good choices. How great are we? Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to chat about before we do a little wrap up? Uh, I think we're okay. It's our sixth, um, no, seventh anniversary podcast will be coming up in February. Oh, so, wow. Do you want to so, hear what, what anniversary is coming up for the parlour in February? What what, par- what parlour anniversary is coming up? 11th. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that bananas? Isn't yeah. that genuinely bananas? I was going to try and get a special guest, but then I chickened out, so I haven't. <laughs> I think there's still time. There's still time. That's that's not to say that the person that does end up being on there won't be really special. I've, yeah. I've set myself. I've actually, I'm going to say this on the podcast because maybe that will help me actually get the you know grow the bollocks to do it but i've set myself one new year's resolution this year and it is a podcasting resolution and it is this right i realized uh the other day that because i've had rob paulson and townsend coleman on the podcast before that means that i've had raf donny and mikey on the show so i've got to get a leo i've got to get a leo this year i've got to get a leo Leo. so maybe a splinter yeah, so if anybody knows Eric Bowser, who's done both of those things, and he's yeah. been Donny, actually, as well, in, um, oh, God, I don't know if you've ever saw this, but if you haven't, please go and watch it. A few years ago for San Diego Comic Con, there were a few like, little special TMNT shorts, and one of them was made by um, Yonan Vasquez, who's just like the homicidal oh. maniac in Invaders yeah. Inn, and it's called Don versus Raph. And it is Don and Raph having a scrap and they cannot, they just, they cannot beat each other. They're just at a complete impasse. So they start just battling in everything. So they have like a beauty pageant and like a saxophone duel and like, it's so stupid. But Eric Bowser is, um, is Donnie in that. And the guys from Workaholics are the other three. Oh, amazing. Um, so it's it's so good and the animation is slick as shit like it's so good if you haven't watched it again it's on youtube it's wonderful i've got to stop talking about the turtles <laughs> i've got to <laughs> all right with stacy's turtles all the way down has it? <laughs> honestly i have i am fully in hyper fixation mode and it has got to the point now where every now and again rich will look at me and be like shut up just shut up just shut up about it please and i'm like you don't have to, to cleanse yourself of this Watch the Michael Bay Turtles films. Then you won't want no, to watch I did. Them. I like them. I like them. Oh. I don't want. I think the designs are bad. I hate the way they look. They all look yeah. awful. Uh, but aside from that, I don't want. Well, and the fact that Mikey's a perv. I don't like that Mikey's a perv. Why is he a perv? But yeah, I suppose they are all hormonal teenage boys. But that's not the point. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> gross. Um, but I actually don't mind the films. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic turtles. Mm. No, they are. They are. Anyway, let's yes. let's stop anyway. it before I start talking yeah. about more turtles. Hey, uh, is there anything that you would like to plug 
uh, aside from the sixth anniversary podcast. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I mean, Geeky Roomy, as I said, we've been going for a while now. Slightly different format to if you originally started listening to us when you were back on the radio show. Those yeah. many, many moons ago, but we do like a vidcast slash podcast now, so it's usually once a month. So you can get to see our ugly faces and talk here's chat shit for an hour and a half. How dare you? This episode of the parlour has been a glorious tale of curly hair. <laughs> it really has. Yeah, you can see my hair progression if you go back and watch the previous <laughs> years worth of shit. But um, yeah, so please have a listen if you if you're not tried geeky from before. I mean it's usually Ruffling around random shit, but we uh, we mix it up a bit. There's about a group of five of us, plus the occasional super special guest like Stacey has been on many many yeah. times in the past. When and am I coming to... back? When do you want to come back? Whenever. I love talking. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> you have to come and see our shiny new studio. So we're doing a little bit of a refit for our of our studio that we've been in for the last year, oh, ready sad. for the uh, ready for the anniversary. So maybe we should get you down for the first time, the seventh anniversary special. Maybe as long as it's not a fucking oven like the old one. Jesus, that gets warm. If not, not oh as warm. <laughs> that one, I don't know why that one day when I had the, a cold already, I thought it'd be a good idea to go into the hottest room ever wearing a Christmas jumper. <laughs> With seven of us, I think there was like seven of us in the room. There was, yeah, there was so many. Like I came out of there and my fringe was down to like three strands because it was so sweaty. <laughs> I'm so classy. Yeah. Just a, just the classiest last. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so everything is at Geeky Brummy. That's G W E K Y B R U W M I E. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon. Not that I've done anything with the Mastodon account yet. <laughs> or Hive. We're on there as well. Oh, I'm on Hive, but I don't know what I'm doing. I think <laughs> no. I made one. I think I did one tweet, and it was about the turtles. Yeah. It's not a tweet. But, what is it when it's in Hive? I did one. B. I don't, buzz. Uh, one buzz. <laughs> I buzz. I buzz once. Um, I don't know. That's it. That's all I've done. Don't yeah. know what I'm doing. And then YouTube and geekybrewery.com. So uh, there's some really good stuff on geekybrewery.com. Keith, who you may have heard previously on one of the shows, um, he does. Uh, amazing comics roundup every week so it picks the best new releases and it's a really interesting mix of stuff it's not just marvel and dc you go through mm. makes picks like image dark horse some really interesting titles and then leaders the gaming roundup i occasionally do the tech roundup and i can actually find five minutes of spare time and matt does our <laughs> esports coverage as well so lots of different stuff on the website well thank you so much for joining me in the parlor it's been really nice to catch up even though we talked a lot about awful people <laughs> No, it's been an absolute fun to be back and thank you for having me back on. It's been good to catch up, even if it has been about problematic assholes. <laughs> oh, it's just a bunch of shitters. Shitters all the way down. Um, on that note, everybody, have a lovely rest of January. I know January is pretty terrible, but it's almost over now, so it's fine. Yeah, it's really fine. February to put up with then. Oh my God, I'm so excited about February because I'm going to see Carly Rae Jepsen and then it's the Super Bowl and then I'm going to see Weird Al. What what a combination! What I'm going to see Weird Al on Valentine's Day. That is the perfect Valentine's present. I didn't think anything could top the Valentine's Day where we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Because do you know that was the last film I saw at the cinema before all the lockdowns? Because it came yeah. out on Valentine's Day over here. And uh, yeah, but no Weird Al. That's going to be yeah such an experience. <laughs> Lee book ended his pandemic with going to watch Sonic. Mm-hmm. the day before the pandemic and the film he watched at the end of the pandemic was his first return cinema trip was sonic 2 oh see we went sonic spider-man uh, no he went <laughs> had to go to, he hates had to go to, 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 to spider-man movies. yeah 
Oh, uh, see, no, I love a good spidey, and and mm. they've been good spideys. Anyway, when we were we were finishing, this <laughs> was the end. <laughs> can't wait for. Have a lovely January, everybody. Yeah. Yes. And, then watch and uh, Mul- multiverse comes out soon, I think. Oh God, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, anyway have, yeah. have a good day, everybody. And yes. uh, I'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. It's weird now that we're on camera because I usually wave, but I feel like you might hang up on me if I... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com, or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!